We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to Bring the Juice. Guys, it is officially that time of the year again. One of our favorite videos of the entire year. Your guys, Cody and Derek here. We are going to be talking about the 2023 Indianapolis Colts free agents. Are these guys that we feel like the Colts should bring back? Should the Colts let them walk? Or we're going to include this year a third option. It depends. And we're, and if here's the thing, if we say it, it depends, we have to explain what it depends on for us to bring that said player back. So without further ado, just like we've done the last two years, and you guys have been incredible the last two years, you know, two of our biggest offseason videos uh, the last couple of years have been about the impending free agents for the Colts. And so without further ado, let's get into it. As always, we will start with the offense. And we're going to start with the running back position. And really the only guy of note here, Derek, is Deion Jackson, undrafted free agent a couple years ago. And especially down the stretch, got some look, especially in the passing department for the Colts offense. Would you bring Deion Jackson back, yes or no? Yes, I'm definitely doing that. He showed some good uh poise this year, had some decent games and situations that he was put in. So I would gladly bring Deion Jackson back. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, I don't think, the number two running back. I think Zach Moss has proved that he can be the number two guy moving forward. But you definitely need, you know, that kind of change of pace back, that guy that can catch catch it out of the backfield a little bit more, kind of try to hopefully fill the void left by Naheem Hines in some capacity. Obviously, Hines is one of the best receiving backs in the NFL, so that's it's harder to do said than done. But yeah, I mean, I think I would bring him back. You know, he's still very young, still in his mid-20s. He's shown some flashes, and uh, I feel like whenever he's been given opportunities, he's definitely contributed to this Colts offense. And so I definitely, with, you know, the injury to JT, uh, you know, with that, that ankle that the Colts will have to continue to monitor going into next season, I think bringing back some proven depth is definitely a good way to go. So I'm right there with you. I'd say yes on the Deion Jackson department. Now, here's another guy, Derek, that I know what your answer is going to be. I know what a lot of people's answer. I know what my answer is going to be. Paris Campbell, the Colts' second-round pick from 2019. 
you know, really, really struggled his first couple of years at the NFL level, just had these unfortunate injuries. In the last two years, he had suffered, you know, this, these season enders that just were killers for him. And so really, this was his last shot with the Colts, his last opportunity to prove that he deserved to be extended and potentially had a long-term future with this team. And what did Paris Campbell do? He came out, he played all 17 games. And I would say he's probably the most consistent receiver the Colts had all year. You know, it's not like he always had these games where he'd go for 12 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. But like Paris Campbell, when given the opportunity, he showed, man, that he can come out and he can contribute and he can be a really crucial part to the Colts offense this last year and moving forward. So I know what your answer is going to be, but let's hear it anyway. Paris Campbell, yes or no? I mean, you said everything that I would really want to say in that, uh, and that's just going to end up with a yes. I mean, Paris Campbell, like you said, was the most consistent one throughout the year. Um, everyone wants to keep talking about how, you know, Paris didn't do enough. And I think the problem with that is, is people were, you know, it went from, oh, is he capable of being healthy enough to play all 17 games, which he was, to now people are saying, oh, well, he didn't do enough. And that's that wasn't what everyone asked. Everyone wanted to know, was he going to be healthy enough to actually play all year? Yes, that's it. That was what everyone wanted to know. Is he healthy enough to stay alive all year long and play the season? And then we'll make sure to keep him around on another one-year deal. Yep, 100%. Dear, you, you don't need to do any more talking. There is no more to it. And also on top of it, I'd like to give uh, Lawrence Owen some credit here because he gave me this stat again. Guys, Paris Campbell was a top 10 wide receiver this year in separation amongst routes of all wide receivers in the NFL this year. Top 10. And I mean, that just goes to show you people asking, like, why didn't he do enough? It's not the fact that he wasn't open. One of the fact that he wasn't open is just guys not getting him the football. So again, like that just goes to show you, you get a quarterback this year that'll actually get him the football. Then and an offensive, offensive minded coach who can actually uh, figure out that Paris Campbell with the ball in his hands is deadly. Then maybe we actually see a lot more production, but yes, a hundred percent Paris Campbell first time in his career that he actually played all 17 games really productive, not even 26 years old yet. He definitely deserves a comeback deal for another one-year contract. See how he does. Yeah, you mentioned that he's 25 years old. You know, he's got the, the elite speed that you are looking for. And, you know, one of the knocks on the other wide receivers for the Colts for this last season was kind of like the separation factor, right? How some of these guys really struggled to get open. I know it was well-documented about Alec Pierce in his rookie season. He had his struggles. You know, we all think he's going to get better in that department, but it was what it was in 2022. So Paris Campbell was kind of the the odd guy out a little bit in a good way. Um, the fact that he was able to get separation. But yeah, I mean, especially like early on in the season, the Colts weren't even targeting him. They weren't even looking his way. And so the fact that Campbell almost put up 600 yards and, you know, nearly 60 catches and played about 90% of the snaps. I mean, the big thing for me was like, I don't blame Campbell for not getting looks, you know? Yeah. I don't blame Campbell for the poor quarterback play. I think Campbell, he had, he wasn't perfect. Like, I'm not saying every pass he caught, he was perfect, right? He had some drops, he had some issues, but Paris Campbell showed you enough good 
I think because he's not going to break the bank either. It's not like he's going to yeah. be asking for a four year, whatever, you know, break the bank kind of deal. He's going to be asking probably to a pretty team friendly deal to come back. And especially with, you know, we all assume you're going to get a rookie quarterback. You know, if you get a CJ Stroud or a Will Levis or a quarterback with that arm, Paris Campbell's going to be a weapon in this offense if yeah. used correctly. You know, he's never really been used correctly. Exactly. Uh, just like Hines has never really been used correctly when he was with the Colts. It's like he's dangerous when he gets the ball in his hands. Just get the ball in his hands. And he showed a little bit more this year when he started getting targeted that, like, he can be a threat on any play to take it all the way. And outside of Jonathan Taylor, who else on this Colts offense currently can you say that about? <laughs> I would say nobody else. I'd say nobody else right now, yeah. So and I do still think, I, I will say this, because I understand that Paris Campbell played all 17 games, play, played 90% of the snaps for the Colts. I still think you can bring him back and draft another wide receiver as well. Like, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I just think, like, why would you not want to keep a guy that was a weapon last year for you when you gave him the football on a cheap deal? Like, it just makes so much sense for both sides. And if Campbell comes out and shows again that he can stay relatively healthy, then maybe you talk about a two- to three-year deal, a multi-year deal to keep him in Indianapolis. Or maybe he goes somewhere else, you know, next year and then, you know, can actually get the money that he deserves if he plays another 17 games or whatever it is. So I do think for this year, though, it makes a whole lot of sense to bring Paris Campbell back on a relatively cheap one-year deal and you feel decent about your wide receivers. And then if you draft another guy or maybe you sign a vet wide receiver, you feel pretty good about your receivers if you can get them the right quarterback and if you can get them a scheme that can really play to their strengths. So Yep, Paris Campbell for me, no-brainer. You bring him back. I really think you can. I think he wants to be an ND, and I think it's just going to be a mutually beneficial you know, partnership for him for the 2023 season. So we're going to also talk about another wide receiver that we didn't hear a whole lot about. He was injured a lot last year, but Ashton Doolin, we all know what he can do on special teams. He's shown a little bit as a wide receiver as well. And I really think if you have Ashton Doolin as like your number five wide receiver, you're doing pretty well, all things considered. And I think he's shown when given opportunities, especially more in 2021 when he was healthy, that he can actually do some things. He's got some speed on him as well. So saying that, would you bring back an Ashton Doolin? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you're only going to give, you're only going to spend so much money on an Ashton Doolin because there's not going to really be a lot of situations where a lot of teams are going to be breaking the bank to bring him back in. You know, you, he's a guy that every year you're going to pay less than $4 million a year for, but you get a guy that is consistently a great special teamer, a guy that can come in and produce some numbers on the receiving game if you need him to. So absolutely, and he's only 26 years old. So again, another young uh, athletic guy that can fulfill a lot of different roles in that way. So yeah, Ashton Doolin is a yes for me. Yeah, I mean, you get him for relatively cheap. And yeah, you talk about special teams, like people forget special teams is one third of this game. So it's important. And Colts already have a lot of really good special teams players. And, you know, you would hate to go into another offseason where you lose a core special teams guy. Last year it was George Odom, and I really think that was a mistake, even though I think you made up for it well. Um, I, I do think you have to keep Ashton doing. He's been one of mo your most consistent guys out there on special teams, and I think he's just going to continue to do that. So I'd bring him back for sure. 
All right. Here, we're going to get into some ones that I think we know the answer to here for going from some resounding yeses with the Paris Campbells. We've got to talk about the Matt Priors as well, which is probably all our minds a definite no. And I don't really think there's a scenario where we see the Colts bringing back probably either guy, Matt Pryor or Dennis Kelly at tackle. I mean, I would say Dennis Kelly out of the two is more likely, but I don't really think either of these guys you really want to touch at offensive tackle. What are your thoughts overall, Derek, on these two players? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Dennis Kelly is definitely a more interesting option. Uh, I feel like at times Dennis Kelly definitely showed a little bit more to his arsenal than what Matt Pryor did. But yeah, Matt Pryor is 100% no. Um, I I could, you could draft anybody right now and they probably would have been slightly better than Matt Pryor this season. Uh, Matt Pryor was the biggest problem on our offensive line all year. No question that as soon as he got taken out of the starting lineup, that the offensive line just started looking quite a bit noticeably better. Uh, so Matt Pryor's been the biggest sting on the offensive line all year. Uh, I don't even know how many sacks he gave up on his own this year. Probably at least a quarter of the sacks that the Colts have given up this year have been on Matt Pryor alone. So no doubt Matt Pryor is a definite no. Yeah, I think there are far better options at tackle depth than Matt Pryor and even touching him with a 10-foot pole. I ain't doing that. No thank you at all. Please and no thank you. Um, so, yeah, Kelly, I probably know as well, although I'd be a little bit more interested. I, I think there's a little bit more of an argument there. Huh, I don't know how strong that argument is, but I still think maybe, um, but probably not if I'm making the decisions, which we'll see what the Colts elect to do. But uh, that'll do it for kind of looking on the offensive side of things. Not a whole lot. There's a few more guys on this defensive side of things that I think we're going to talk about. That'll be interesting names. Um, We'll start with a couple guys in the interior. I think the more notable one on the defensive line, Byron Cowart. Um, He was kind of a backup reserve off uh, defensive lineman and didn't do a whole lot, um, but he did play in some games and he did have a few tackles and just more of that kind of reserve defensive interior lineman. And then you have Chris Williams, who, you know, was further down the depth chart as well. Would you bring back either of these guys? Um, yeah, Byron Coer, I would definitely uh, look to try to bring back. Uh, you're you're going to get him for, you know, a relatively cheap deal. Again, Under he's going to be 27 going into next season. Uh, Coer did have a couple of games this year where, you know, he actually had some really good uh, tackles. So, I'm definitely interested. I would definitely think of keeping Byron Cowart in regards to the other defensive tackle on the roster with Chris Williams. I don't even know. Like, I I honestly wouldn't even consider it because, you know, Indy just keeps floating him around the roster, but he just never ends up making it anywhere. So Byron Cowart, I'm good with him uh, remaining on the roster if we can get him for cheap. Yeah. And and last year he was under a million dollars that you had him on contract and, you know, he played 21.2% of the snaps. You know, he had 12 tackles and, and and really was just exactly what you needed him to be. He was just a reserve guy that came in, played some decent snaps, and uh, that's all you really can ask for, especially with some questions on that interior. So I would definitely bring him back. But yeah, Chris Williams, more of a practice squad guy. So you know, I hesitated to even put him on the list, but his name was on there. So I thought I would throw it out. Now, here's where it gets interesting on this defensive line, Derek. There's three guys here 
that are more high-profile guys, right? Yannick Ngakwe, Taekwon Lewis, and Ben Banigou, right? All three of these guys, different situations. Yannick Ngakwe came over in the trade last year, had nine and a half sacks. But, uh, you know, were they, how impactful were they? That is a question that a lot of people have had. Taekwon Lewis, we already know about. You know, he's played well when healthy, but now back-to-back seasons where he's suffered a major injury that he's going to have to come back from. And then Ben Banigou, a former second-round pick, and just has not really done anything. Kind of been on the back end of the roster, more of a reserve player. So take me through these three players on this defensive end position, Derek, and where you land on these three guys. Um, well, I'm I'm a no on Ben Banigou uh, at this point. You know, Ben Banigou's career has been a utter disappointment. There really hasn't been much to, uh, I mean, you drafted this guy in a top 50 picks in 2018, and this guy has not done anything for you. Uh, so no doubt he needs to be gone. Uh, it, there's just one of those situations. You can't keep Ben Banigou around. Um, and then the other ones, Taekwon Lewis, it depends. Uh, it really depends. You need he needs to take uh, a friendlier deal than what he did this year at three million. Uh, it needs to be lower because again, this is back to back seasons that we've had this happen again. Um, we know how Ballard feels about Taekwon Lewis. There's been times where we talk about how you know Taekwon fulfills a really good role as a backup defensive lineman in a lot of different ways. And you can feel his presence when he's in the game. The only problem is for the majority of his career, we have not seen him on the field. So again, it's another thing where, you know, Taekwon, Hey man, you know, you got to be on the field. It's the same thing with Paris Campbell in that way, right? Like you need to, we need to see him on the field for the majority before we can even consider, you know, giving him a big deal. So you know, you got to get him for two million or or less than three for sure, uh, in order to even consider it. Now, for Yannick, um, I'm gonna say yes. Uh, I would say yes, just simply because you. I think you can get him for about the same price as what you just did. Uh, you can get him for fifteen million, maybe a little less. Um. There's not a lot of guys in the league, Cody, that get over 10 sacks in a season and you end up getting them for less than, you know, what is it, 17, 18 now? Because, you know, with the defensive end market, you got some of these guys now that are making like, that are going to be making like 30 million a year now because it's one of the biggest, it's one of the most important uh, positions in all of football. And like we said, I mean, Yannick started the year insanely slow, but then again, like over the last half of the season, Yannick Ngakwe was maybe the most consistent pass rusher on this team and ended up getting, you know, over 10 sacks this year. So, and didn't even get to play in the last game. So Yannick definitely at 28, uh, if you get him for around the same price again this year, which I definitely think they can, then it's a definite yes for me. Um, that is, of course, unless they have some grandstand idea to go for somebody bigger. I have no idea. Right. All right, so here's where I stand with these three guys. I agree with you, Banigou, absolutely not. Waste of a pick in 2019. Like, I'm still shaking our heads. We had so many other options we could have gone with, and he's just 
been awful, like flat out terrible. And so just cut bait with him. Don't want to hear about his name ever again when it comes to being with the Colts. Um, Tyquan Lewis, I also agree with the depends. I really think you got to get him just really dirt cheap and sign him to a one-year deal. And, and I think that he will. I think ultimately he will. Um, but it also depends how he looks after the injury, right? I mean, that's two major injuries is not something to just brush yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely. Right? That's a big deal. And it's not so, even the first set of big injuries. I mean, when you talk about the first couple years, remember that first year he had an issue, and then the second year, you know, he had that ankle issue from, like, the very beginning. So, I mean, there's a long injury history problem with Taekwon Lewis, yeah. even so, more so than what we've had with Paris Campbell. So you got to tread lightly. I, I kind of think, you know, taking it back to the Paris Campbell, uh, to, you know, contract kind of thing that we talked about, you know, last year. I think you need to operate in a way where you bring him back, but you approach the offseason like he's not a part of your team. You know, you know what I mean? Like from a personnel standpoint, because you just can't rely on him to play 17 games until mm-hmm. proven otherwise. Like we said with Paris Campbell last year, mm-hmm. you absolutely cannot do that. And so as good as I think he can be when healthy and he has proven to be when he is healthy, he hasn't proven that he can be healthy. And we know the best ability is availability. And the last two seasons, Tyquan Lewis, unfortunately, has been unavailable for a good part of the season. So I think that's the way you have to go with that. You just have to keep in mind the injury history, keep that monitoring, you know, see how he's doing, things of that nature, and operate in that capacity when it comes to Taekwon and you know, make the decision as a franchise, do we want to bring back Taekwon for another year, you know, as good as he's been, do we want to risk it with the injury, right? And just the unknown that comes with that. So that's my thing with him. And with Yannick, I'm a de- it depends. Um, for me, it depends. Number one, what is Yannick looking for? Is he looking for a bigger deal? You know, is he looking for a multi big deal? Because I'm not willing to sign him for three, four years. That, no, thank no, you. I wouldn't do that either. Because let's be honest, he's a very one dimensional player. He's a mm-hmm. very, he's he's pretty good at the pass rush, very bad against the run. So really, are you willing to pay a guy potentially you know 13, 14 million to be a situational pass rusher for you? I guess that's my question is like, are the Colts comfortable doing that? Because they have a lot of things they got to fill, a lot of holes they got to fill. And is there another guy that they potentially feel like they're willing to spend part of that, you know, contract that they would give out to Yannick on somebody else that can play all three downs? You know, I don't know if there's a player out there that, you know, necessarily, but like do the Colts feel like I'd ra- we'd rather just, you know, see what we have at some of these young guys, sign a few other vets for cheap and go from there. But, I mean, you're right in the fact that, like, you know, there's not a whole lot of guys out there that can consistently put up eight to ten sacks each year. But my thing is, it's just, like, it never was super impactful, Derek. It never, like, came on a third down and, you know, to win the game or anything like that. Like, he had sacks, but they were very far and in between. You know, they were very sporadic at times. And so I look at that and just the impact, and I look at some of, like, the pass rush win grade and stuff like that. Not really great. So I don't know how much I really like want to bring him back for that kind of contract. It makes a good, it makes a good point. Cause I mean, there's, there's a few free agents that we haven't talked about yet. There's a couple guys here that, um, might get, you know, some bigger deals this off season. Uh, it was funny because of all the free agents on this team, Yanni Kangakwe is the only one that was signed, uh, 
to come to this team for more than $6 million. So that's pretty insane. I mean, when you think about it, Yannick last season getting paid $13 million. The next highest guy that was getting paid when he got signed to come over here, Matt Pryor at five and a half million. I mean, you just think about that. I mean, I I look at that number and I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, Ballard." I mean, what? A, I mean, what a like a bunch of great players on this roster that you know you're going to keep. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of one of those situations, right? Where you're thinking, "Where do I prioritize this money now?" Right? Like, you know, maybe not spending that 15 million dollars on a Yannick Ngakwe this year, right? Maybe investing that into a different position. You know, whether that's maybe that is a wide receiver say, hey, man, you know, we got all the money in the world, man. Come over here and help this quarterback out that we're going to bring in or go trade for that elite corner that's going to be here for the next five, six years. That's going to, you know, take over the league or, you know, be able to uh, go and get another offensive lineman that's going to be able to solidify this group or, you know, something like that. I don't know what they would do with that 15 million, but at the end of the day, you're right. Like some of these guys are going to have to get paid. And if you're wanting to go big on somebody, that might be a contract that you have to just live with. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of guys you could potentially go after. And it's like, you know, even some of the guys we'll talk about here, like you said, that that are looking potentially for some big contracts. Would you rather, you know, bring back Yannick for a year or two and then risk losing a really, really good player that you was a homegrown guy, right? That we've preached that Ballard has preached, you know, you, you draft those guys and you re-sign your own, you know, is that, are you comfortable doing that? I don't know if Ballard is comfortable doing that. So yeah, it'll be a very interesting debate all offseason on whether or not the Colts should bring back Yannick. You know, on one hand, with how bad the Colts have been at getting after the passer, it's hard to say no to nine and a half sacks. Like, it's hard to say no to that. But also, like, you know, you're going to be a little bit more, uh, you're not going to be like completely like bone dry in terms of, you know, cap space, but there's probably going to be some dead cap you're going to have to eat this year too, Derek, mm-hmm. as compared to years past where you had a lot more flexibility with that cap space. So, like, that, that's my thing is like maybe you need to be a little bit more frugal and maybe you're not comfortable, you know, spending that on Yannick this year. And maybe you are like, we need to fix our offensive line or we need to get a number one wide receiver or whatever it is like, you know, whatever you want to allocate it. Maybe you look at that and you're like, that's just not worth it in our department, mm-hmm. especially because we do have Quiddy and Dio, who we do think really highly of. I don't know what the answer is there, but that's definitely going to be an interesting debate um, all offseason. And I'm interested to see what the Colts elect to do with Yannick Ngakwe. All right, let's continue on. Let's move to the linebackers, two guys that I thought played very well last year for the Colts in Bobby Okereke and EJ Speed. Okereke, a third-round pick, and EJ Speed was a fifth-round pick, I believe, in the same draft class as well, 2019. Mm -hmm. So. This was where it gets weird because for a lot of people say, you know, do you potentially let Okereke walk with what you've tied up your money into with Shaquille Leonard and you have Zaire Franklin who just broke the franchise record in tackles? You know, what do you do with Bobby Okereke? Derek, I ask you, what do you do here with Bobby Okereke? As much as it kills me to say this, because Bobby Okereke has been my guy. I mean, you and I had this debate uh, back when 
the Colts drafted Kari Willis and Bobby O'Karake. We have made it a competition when uh with like who has been the better player, you know, like who we have as our favorite guy from that draft class. I don't think you can sign Bobby O'Karake back, man. You just can't do it. Um, unless I will say this, it depends. It depends. And the only way it depends is if you trade away Shaquille Leonard. It's the only way it happens. It's the only way that happens because you, I know people don't want to accept this, but Bobby O'Karake is 26 years old. He's going to be 27 next year. He's going to want a multi-year deal. No question about it. Uh, it's going to be his first major one. He's He came in on a $905,000 this year. Cody, with his numbers and the kind of player that he is, there is no doubt in my mind that the that a team somewhere out there is going to uh, want to offer him at least $10 million a year. At least $10 million a year to do this. And because of the fact that you know for a fact that at some point you're going to have to give Zaire Franklin an extension that's more money that gets tied down into that linebacker position. So you're already paying $20 million for Shaquille Leonard for the next three years. Uh, you're going to have to pay, you're going to have to probably give Zaire Franklin an extension at some point more than what you were paying him because Zaire Franklin, what was he getting? $6 million? And the guy literally just broke the franchise record in tackles. Yeah, we know that number is going to go up at some point soon. And you can't afford to tie down over 30. You can't afford to put $40 million into your linebacker position right now. You just can't. It's already hard enough to have the highest paid linebacker in the NFL on your team. But then you're going to have another one in there. You just can't do that. So the only way that they can resign him is if they trade away Shaquille Leonard. And that's the only way that it works. And I don't see the Colts doing that because as amazing as Bobby Okereke is, I mean, what Shaquille Leonard can provide you when he's healthy, I mean, is something more important than, you know, more uh, a somewhat more consistent pass coverage scheme is the fact that it's the turnovers. You know, how many turnovers Shaquille Leonard forces every year? So, uh, again, it, the only way it happens is if they trade away Shaquille Leonard, and it's I don't see that happening. So I just think that you're not going to end up resigning him, and he's going to get a good deal somewhere else, probably with Chicago, because everybody knows Matt Eberflus. That's his guy. Yeah, it just really sucks. Like it, just, this is an awful situation. Like I just I hate losing a player of Bobby Okereke's caliber who has been consistent. He's been healthy. You know, I think with Bobby O'Karake, just his play, it makes me like be like, man, like actually consider, which I never thought I would do. Yeah. Like, consider, do you get rid of Shaquille Leonard, who does have injury problems? He has had them recently, you know, like, and Bobby hasn't. And like, he's been consistent and he's been, you know, out there. Oh, it's so Yeah, do you want the because- consistent, do you want the consistent guy who's never hurt? And, you know, is a consistent player or do you want the guy that has been injured quite frequently at times, but is clearly the best linebacker in the NFL when he is fully healthy? 
I mean, it's, it's so difficult. Which one do you I, want? <laughs> see, I don't know. Like, like I, I get like Shaquille can be that, but he's also been injured for a year, you know, and I, and hopefully, and I hate like the, and maybe this is just some PTSD from the Andrew Luck days, but I hate hoping that it'll get better when you have a player that is, yeah, maybe at his peak, he's not Shaquille Leonard, right? But will Shaquille Leonard ever get to that peak again? I don't know with the injury, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's where I'm torn on this is just like, oh, like, you know, is there a scenario where like you could somehow get draft capital and keep around Bobby Okereke? It's, yeah. It's difficult. It's a very difficult situation. I'm just going to say I'm glad I'm not the GM because I would be wrestling with this a lot yeah. for the next couple of weeks and months. So uh, I don't know what the answer is, man. I-, I can definitely give you an answer on EJ speed, though, and that's a definite yes. Yeah. Uh, EJ speed is a 100 percent. I mean, wh- he is he is a very rare specimen at linebacker, uh, very a solid player that, you know, can play special teams, a guy that has shown that when he needs to come in and provide some minutes that EJ speed can do that. So I, I would gladly take that. It's yes. Yeah. I guess like, you know, if there was a positive out of Shaquille missing pretty much the entire season is it gave you a better look at EJ speed moving forward, you know? And so, yeah, I would definitely bring him back. You know, what he showed at linebacker this year will definitely make, you know, the impending Okereke loss yeah. a little bit easier to swallow because um, I think he's a really good player. He's obviously an athletic freak, so you love that. And he's a great special teams player, so mm-hmm. I would definitely bring him back. Um, yeah, and you feel really good. If Shaquille's, you know, healthy, you have three really good linebackers that you feel really good about. So, yeah. yep, I would bring him back 100%. All right, um, a couple other guys here. Let's move on to some of the DBs that the Colts will have here, have to make decisions on. Brandon Faison, uh, the guy that was brought over last year, you know, from Vegas. He, you know, played with Gus Bradley. He knew the system, but really was not that great for the Colts at all. Mm-hmm. One is one of the worst rated corners according to Pro Football Focus last year. I'm leaning pretty strongly no here, Derek, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, very strongly no. Um, I'm confident that there is a cornerback in the draft somewhere that uh, could do just as good of a job, if not better than Brandon Faison. So I would gladly just say no, especially not uh, for paying $4 million for it. Right. Well, with how good Ballard's been at finding DBs in the fifth to seventh round, yeah, why not, I'd be man? like, yeah, I'd just rather take my chances on Ballard and company uh, finding a cornerback late in the draft again. They always seem to find yeah. one. I mean, <laughs> so you got I have no Rogers problem with and you saying got, that. You got Rogers. You got Thomas. Like you got a couple guys that you're like, yeah, yeah, they can find them. They can definitely find them. Um, I I still think it's wild that somehow Chris Ballard is able to turn. The Quincy Wilson, uh, Quincy Wilson into Isaiah Rogers. That still blows my mind <laughs> that he was able to take a six round pick that he got from Quincy Wilson, sold him to the Jets, and then he was able to get you know Isaiah Rogers out of that somehow. He got That's a corner crazy. that could actually cover grass. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that whole whole thing. So it's weird. Uh, Matt was for some reason on this thing of wanting to bring back Face Center. I'm like, bro, absolutely not. I don't know what you're, nope. where you're coming from. Like, Stay no, thank you. It's ugh, yuck, disgusting. Don't want to talk about it. Um, Tony Brown's another name, young corner. Um, he's played a little bit. Didn't really get a whole lot of action, but maybe got a little bit more looks down the stretch there. I'd be fine to bring him back, you know, just as a depth piece, mm-hmm. especially because you very well could be in a situation, Derek, where 
you look at the depth chart and holy crap, Tony Brown's our cornerback three or four. Like you could come to that scenario after, you know, maybe you tr- get rid of Kenny, you know, you don't bring back face on and really who do you have? You know, you have Stefan Gilmore, Isaiah Rogers, then who, who do you have? So I think I'd bring him back just for some depth purposes. I do think the Colts will address it in some way this off season. What are your thoughts on Tony Brown? Yeah. I, I mean, really just a guy that's for special team purposes. So, um, but I like Tony Brown. I think that he has a lot of, uh, fight in him. So I definitely would like to see him, you know, come back and be that special teamer again that, you know, everybody grew and loved, uh, early in the preseason. So, uh, I'd be fine with that. Okay. All right. We have a couple safeties. We need to talk about the guy that just, I, I love this player. I love Rodney McLeod. What he did with the Colts, he set career highs, I'm um, in a lot of different categories, and it was n- undoubtedly the leader in that safety room. Uh, I don't see a scenario, Derek, unless McLeod wants to go somewhere else where you don't bring him back. Yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be an absolute yes because I mean, Rodney McLeod was the uh, was definitely the rock of this group, man. I mean, what he was able to do uh, for this team, I mean, was just truly insane. I mean, some of the stats he was putting up, like you said, I mean, the career highs this year. I mean, he was putting in stat numbers that we've never seen from him before. And we, and we're talking about how, you know, how good he was coming in and he's, he far exceeded expectations of that. So clearly, yes, you need to bring him back. Don't know what kind of deal you would get him for, but um, yeah, you absolutely need to bring him back. I think you could still get him for under for you know under four million dollars due to the fact that you know he's so old. You know, I doubt anyone's going to want to pump you know that much money into uh, somebody like Rodney McLeod at that kind of age. But um, so that's why I definitely think uh, you should bring him back for sure. Like the Mike Adams vibes a little bit. If you remember that, yeah, like remember. an older safety that's been in the league for a while, that's played at a high level at times, and he's just come in and he's thrived and he's really taken over that room. And I think he's you know really left his impression on some of those young safeties the Colts have. So yeah, definitely, I think it's a no brainer. If he wants to come back, I bring him back a hundred percent. Armani Watts is another guy that we didn't really get to see because he did suffer that injury early on before we got to see uh, really him at all. I don't know what your thoughts are, Derek. I think he'd be more of a special teams guy if you did bring him back. Mm-hmm. Would, would you give him another opportunity to show what he has? Yeah, I absolutely would. If he if he comes back for you know that one million dollar area, um, he's twenty. He's going to be twenty seven. You know, he's got a lot of talent on him. Uh, could be that special teamer, another special teamer on a low deal that you could really see what he could do. Like you said, it really sucks that he got injured as soon as he did when he did. Uh, we never really got a chance to see it. So um, I'd love to see that opportunity. But then again, I could also see, I could say it depends based on, you know, what, how much of a role does Nick Cross get involved in special teams and that sort of situation. So I question it, but I would say it definitely depends on what his role is going to be. I mean, if you bring back McLeod, he's what the fifth safety on this yeah, he's roster. He's gonna be like the fifth safety in this group. Yeah. So I'll say this, man: the the safety position for the Colts, if McLeod comes back, great, great depth there, like all yeah. around, just a great group, um, all things considered. So, all right, um, I think the last two guys we got to talk about are two special teams guys. Your your punter and your kicker from last year. <laughs> Never thought we would say that at the beginning of the year, but the Colts, from when they came into the season to now. They had a new punter and a new kicker. 
for the season. They had first off Matt Hawk, aka Captain Shankin Pants, uh, okay. with the punts. Where'd you think of that name at? I that- uh, just off the top of my head. Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I have never seen a punter shank so many punts in a season. You know, it's weird because like into his to respect of Matt Hawk. I mean, early in the year he was fantastic. Um, I think honestly he might have just got tired out. To be completely honest with you, Cody, because the, the offense was making a punt oh. so much. I I mean, there was a game where. I think they said, um, yeah, what was it? What well, There was one game, I think it was week seven or week eight. It might have been the Patriots game where they said, well, like week seven, week, it was like week seven, week eight. Uh, they punted, uh, I think they punted like eight times in that game. And they said that the Buffalo Bills hadn't punted that many times all season, let alone <laughs> Hawk had to do it in one game. I mean, it's to his credit. And I'll just make a quick no, uh, because you're going to get Rigoberto Sanchez back next year. So yeah. no, no reason to even consider keeping Matt Hawk on the roster. <laughs> no, not at all. Even if Sanchez wasn't coming back, you're looking for a new punter. There's yeah, no question about that. <laughs> so, uh, but the next guy, my guy, man, I just got to say, I've always been team chase, you know, even when he was back here in 2019, I think we both were. Um, and yeah, for some reason, were. the Colts decided to go with Rodrigo Blankenship, also another shank. Um, and I still don't understand that decision to this day. That was just not really a great decision because Chase came in, wasn't perfect. But Derek, I can't tell you what a relief it was to not even have to worry about the kicker. Is it fair to say Chase McLaughlin was your offensive player of the year? Like, is that too big of a stretch? Like, no, honestly. no, he was, it, it, that's definitely a truth. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know how you can't say that he doesn't deserve a contract to come back here. Um, I mean, he played in 15 games this year, uh, all the games that he was signed in to be. Uh, he attempted 35 field goals. He made 29 of them. So he kicked 83%, which is fantastic. Uh, it was only the second time that he uh, made all of his extra points. So he didn't have to worry about that all season. You're right. Like there were very few times that there wasn't many times that you saw him miss kicks and you were just like, wow. I mean, like it, there was most of the time you were thinking, oh man, like I, I'm, I'm loving it, man. Love it. Like I feel good about Chase McLaughlin going out there. Like I feel good. It took a long time for me specifically to get to that point because of Hot Rod and everything else that followed. But yeah, Chase McLaughlin, he that that it, this is the first time in several years, Cody, that we've had a kicker that didn't cost us games. He actually won us games. And I'll be completely honest. I think at least two of the four wins that Indianapolis won this year were at the feet of Chase McLaughlin. So, I mean, if that's any indication of what he needs, I mean, I mean, I can just show you the market value. The market value for a guy like this is $4.1 million. And you, uh, and you got him this year for less than a million. I mean, just to think of the value of that, no doubt that you're going to have to pay him a couple million to keep him on the roster. But if you got a kicker that's kicking 
and, you know, isn't missing the easy stuff, then there's no reason why you wouldn't do that. Just to secure that spot and know that anything within 50 yards, this guy's most likely going to nail it. Yeah, I mean, in the last couple of years, I feel like with with Rodrigo Blankenship, you would cross your fingers and hope that he would make it. Like, not that you don't do that at times with your kicker, but like you didn't have confidence that he was going to even make the easy one sometimes. And so, yeah, with Chase, it's just like it's so refreshing to just not have to worry about kicker. Like he's going to go out there and he's going to do his job. He's never going to lose you games. You know what I mean? He's yeah. not going to lose you games by kicking it out of bounds back to back week, you know, back to back drives and giving the offense, you know, the ball the 40 yard line like Rodrigo Blankenship did in week one. Like he's not going to do that crap. And like, so it's such a relief to have a kicker where you're just like, he is the least of our worries, you know? He and he's young. He's only 26 years old. He'll be 27 years old this next year. So you potentially, hopefully, and I think this year really showed you, you might have found your future at kicker. Finally, after been searching for the last couple of years, you might have finally done it. And you can yeah. finally feel fully comfortable with your special teams unit. Yeah. And he's only going to be 27 next year. So yeah, absolutely. Kicker's lock this guy down for three years, dude. Lock this guy yeah, down I mean, three years, $10 million. There you go. It's yep. simple, easy. Keep him on. Keep him on doing yep. that stuff. So that's Absolutely. what I would do and, at least. And you're right. Like he made all his extra points. He had a career high year. Like there's no question. I think like Indianapolis, he's always kicked well with the Colts. And I thought even from, you know, where he's really struggled, I think it was a 40 to, you know, 50 yards right around that range i didn't think he was that bad I, I really don't think it was that noticeable and so yeah i'm good with it he's got the leg he can kick the 54 55 yarders but he's, he can also make the routine kicks he's supposed to make so i definitely think you bring him back no question about that and uh you you feel good about special teams moving forward yep. you know with hopefully uh sanchez coming back fully healthy maybe you have one of the top kicking punting units in the nfl this next year i think yep. it's definitely a possibility with how chase played this last year so yep um yeah, cool. Uh, that'll do it, guys. Our wrap-up here looking at the 2023 mm-hmm. Colts free agents that are coming up. Let us know your thoughts on all these guys. All the guys from, you know, the Paris Campbells of the world to the Matt Pryors of the world. Let us know your thoughts on all these different incoming free agents for the Colts. Which guys would you bring back? Which guys would you say absolutely not? And which guys are you kind of like, well, it depends on a few different scenarios. Let us know all those things in the comments below. But that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts.